Oh, my God. 
Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Shuvah 
much fun. We'll be right back in a few minutes with a whole lot more music.
J.M. in the A.M. Good morning and welcome to 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills. Rockland County at 91.9 on the on the FM dial <laughs> and around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. Uh, it's uh, Thursday. It's Thursday, January 30th, the 29th of Shvat. Today is Erev Rosh Chodesh. Rosh Chodesh Adar Aleph will be uh, Friday and Shabbos, a two-day Rosh Chodesh will be Friday and Shabbos. Get ready, everybody. We start with the Yalav Yavo tonight at uh, Mariv. And again, uh, Rosh Chodesh uh, begins this evening. 15 degrees 
Have I mentioned over the last few days how I've had it with the weather? I have mentioned it, right? It's become a public uh, topic of conversation. Can't take it anymore. Uh, 15, the wind chill at 5. 57% humidity. Winds are west at 8 miles an hour. Sunny today with a high of 28. That's a treat. Uh, tonight, mostly cloudy with a low temperature of 22. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy, a high getting up to 40. Now, excuse me, now we're talking. Yerushalayim is at 68. We're at 15 with a wind chill of 5 here at JM in the AM. Ohad had Mashkimim. You heard Leif Tahar <coughs> with Lo Alecha. Nigun Nevo, Shlomo Katz, Yitzchak Fuchs, Mizmarla David. The Chevra with Nachbisa and Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Thursday on this January 30th, day 29 in the month of Shvat, the year 5774. Tough and We are in the uh, center of the um, sports capital of the world, Jersey City, New Jersey. Uh, just hundreds of feet away from me right now are the Denver Broncos and the Seattle Seahawks. They are staying in uh, two local Jersey City hotels, one about, uh, oh, I don't know, about uh, two-tenths of a mile from here and one across the street from here. <clears throat> and, um, in fact, it was funny. I tweeted this last night. Ken and Andy did their show from the Broncos Hotel last night <laughs> here at WFMU. And not that I would ever recommend the show because uh, sometimes it gets a little out of control, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Ken and Andy know that. Uh, <laughs> they know that, don't worry. Um, in terms of whether I'd recommend it or not. But uh, they had some uh, very interesting moments there as they were uh, doing the um, the uh, aptly uh, named seven-second delay show uh, from the Denver Broncos Hotel. Sounded like a lot of fun. Anyway, JM in the AM, and uh, the news just keeps on coming regarding this Super Bowl and um, internationally known actress Scarlett Johansson and SodaStream. She has resigned from Oxfam. Uh, at least that's uh, what the uh, Jerusalem Post tells us. Scarlett Johansson officially stepped down from her position as global ambassador for the charity Oxfam Thursday in favor of representing Israeli company SodaStream, which is a major production plant in Malaya Dumim, as part of a growing international BDS movement against Israel's settlement policy, pro-Palestinian groups had called on Oxfam to sever its ties with the actress. She stepped down after the charity expressed its disapproval of the actress's new role as spokesperson for SodaStream. And she came out with another uh, strong statement regarding the company in Israel. Yona Lloyd, one of our old friends from the Jewish music world, who is now the uh, chief corporate development and communications officer for SodaStream is going to join us this morning at about 8.30. And we'll ask him about everything going on with SodaStream. Uh, Israel, Coke, Pepsi, Super Bowl, Scarlett Johansson, and uh, everything else. He'll join us later on in the third hour this morning as our, as our Super Bowl talk just continues to escalate here on JM and the AM this week. And you should be following us on social media. I've been uh, posting some of the interviews that have been going on this week, including the very important interview with Jeff Strick yesterday morning. Uh, we asked him the big question, will there be kosher food at the Super Bowl? And he gave us the answer. If you missed any of that, there's an archive section at jmnam.org. But also, if you're following us on social media, uh, at Nahum Siegel Net on Twitter, at Nahum Siegel Net on Twitter, or uh, 
Facebook Jewish Radio World with Nahum Siegel. Again, Facebook Jewish Radio World with Nahum Siegel. All you got to do is like that page, and you'll be up to date on everything that's going on. And as we build up to our own kosher halftime show, I have, I mean, I'm, look, this was a great concept, and we are really happy we thought of it and that we carried it through, and that Lenny Solomon and Schlockrock are going to be enjoyed by so many people during halftime this coming Sunday. But it is being picked up uh, in so many places. I mean, there are a lot of different media outlets that are just completely intrigued by this kosher halftime show concept. So thank goodness uh, it keeps going. And, oh, in fact, uh, the OU, as we uh, have mentioned, uh, they are one of our uh, proud partners in this presentation this Sunday. And David Cutler is going to join us from Israel. Uh, he heads the uh, OU Israel Summer Programs. We will speak with him coming up. And uh, what else do we have? Oh, and t- Alan Weingrad is scheduled for today. We thought we'd have both Alan Weingrad and John Frank, but Dr. Frank is uh, in the hospital, unfortunately for us, uh, fortunately for his patients. Uh, he's in the hospital this morning and will not be able to join us, but Alan Weingrad is scheduled for 7.30 this morning. Dr. Laz is supposed to be on this morning. Now, <laughs> Dr. Laz may have the best Jewish Super Bowl story ever. Uh, it has to do with uh, the coach of the Buffalo Bills, Marv Levy, and a pair of tefillin. Uh, so Dr. Laz will join us with that later on in the uh, second hour this morning. A lot going on, and we'll uh, present it all to you all through the morning right here at JM and the AM. Don't forget, we have a stream that goes all day long. Charlie Harari at 9 o'clock this morning, right after JM and the AM on jmandtheam.org. Miriam Wallach, speaking of sports, has Coach uh, Jonathan Halpert for the full hour on That's Life uh, coming up between 10 and 11 this morning. I will do the live lunch. We have a whole bunch of great programming this afternoon, including a wonderful Throwback Thursday show. So there's a lot going on. And a special thank you to everybody at Cedar Market in uh, Teaneck, New Jersey. We had a blast there yesterday. Uh, it's unbelievable. Radio, in three hours, you can do a full-fledged show. When it comes to video... You can take three hours to get one take. It's unbelievable. It's so hard for me to adjust to that life. But we did a uh, whole bunch of great video stuff at Cedar Market yesterday. Uh, <laughs> it included some amazing outtakes, which I guess we'll make available at some point. Uh, but we just had a really good time there, and the staff was really nice. And uh, that'll you'll see that Sunday. It'll be obviously interspersed, and will be part of our uh, online presentation that you can watch if you go to my website. Uh, this coming Sunday during halftime. JM in the AM at 22 minutes before 7 o'clock. Good morning. Here's God Elbaz.
JM in the AM. Yassi Green, Hine Mato, off the Yes Legacy. Simcha Liner before that from an Aaron Teitelbaum production that they call Chupa. You'll find it online. Simcha Liner is in concert with Benny Friedman this uh, Saturday night at the Unusual of Manhattan concert, which is always a cool event. Kudos to the Unusual of Manhattan. They knew that uh, kosher entertainment was needed for those who are in from Denver and Seattle for the Super Bowl. Big Jewish music concert with Benny Friedman and Simcha Liner, Young Israel of Manhattan concert this coming Saturday night. Yaakov Shweki had Kolot, that's brand new. Shua Kessin with Lo Lehit Ya'esh. God Elbaz with Tfila Laderech. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, W. MFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Around the world in the web, jmdm.org. Our news from Israel is not coming through? Holy cow. And I can't figure out why. That's always the worst feeling. When you can't figure out what... Huh? There we go. News from Israel next. It's JM the טרם ברור אם היה חמוש ומה היו מטרותיו. טוב עשה השר בנט כשהתנצל בפני ראש הממשלה נתניהו, כך אומר שר החוץ אביגדור ליברמן בסיור ברמת הגולן. אפשר לחלוק על ראש הממשלה, אפשר להתווכח עם ראש הממשלה, אי אפשר להשתלח בראש הממשלה. ומה שיותר חשוב, ואני יכול להגיד את זה באחריות מלאה, לא הייתה שום כוונה להשאיר מתיישבים ישראלים תחת ריבונות פלסטינית. ואני שמח שהעניין הסתיים כפי שהוא הסתיים. סרגי איוונוב, תושב תל אביב, בן 45, מואשם שרצח את בת זוגו באמצעות בקבוק בירה ופטיש. כתבתנו שרון פולבר. על פי כתב האישום, לפני כשבועיים, עת שהוא הנאשם והמנוחה בדירתם, התעורר ביניהם ויכוח על רקע רצונה של המנוחה לעזוב את הדירה ולעבור לגור עם אדם אחר. בהמשך היכה נאשם את המנוחה בראשה באמצעות בקבוק זכוכית, ולאחר שנפלה על הרצפה, היכה בה באמצעות פטיש עד אשר גרם למותה. בית המשפט המחוזי בחיפה דחה את תביעת הפיצויים של בני משפחתו של מרואן קאסם, שנורה למוות בכניסה לבסיס צה"ל בעמיעד לפני כעשור. כתבנו קובי מנדל. מרואן קאסם מהכפר עמל לשעבר לוחם מוערך במג"ב, נורה למוות בחודש אוגוסט 2004 בכניסה לבסיס עמיעד, לאחר שתקף חייל שעמד בעמדת השמירה בגרזן ופצע אותו קשה. בני משפחתו הגישו תביעה לבית המשפט המחוזי בחיפה, בדרישה שמדינה תפצה אותם. אולם השופטת יעל וילנר אשר דחתה את תביעתם קבעה כי המסקנה הסבירה ביותר מנקודת מבטו בזמן אמת של החייל אשר ירה במנוח היא כי נשקפה ממנו סכנה ממשית לחייו ולחיי החיילים בבסיס. עלייה נוספת בביקוש לדירות בישראל, כתבנו יותם ברגר. 
על פי הנתונים המסכמים את שנת 2013, שמפרסמת הלשכה המרכזית לסטטיסטיקה, בשנת 2013 חלה עלייה של שלוש עשיריות האחוז בביקוש לדירות לעומת 2012. במקביל, נרשמה עלייה גם בהיצע הדירות החדש. למעלה מ-22 אלף דירות חדשות נותרו למכירה, כשלושה אחוזים יותר מאשר בדצמבר 2012. התחזית בסוף השבוע, הטמפרטורות גבוהות מהרגיל לעונה, ובראשון גשם. ולסיום, מכבי תל אביב בכדורסל תעלה הערב למשחק חוץ קשה מול ריאל מדריד. מנהל הקבוצה ניקולה וויצ'יץ' דיבר בתוכניתנו עושים ספורט עם אלי ישראלי ואפי טריגר. ראיתי הרבה משחקים שבהם הגענו בעמדת נחיתות וקרו ניסים. בואו נחכה למשחק הערב, אני מאמין שמכבי מסוגלת לנצח. ניקולה וויצ'יץ'. אלה החדשות שעורך הדר שיפר.
Migun Yerushalayim. Oh, how appropriate for our next guest. That's Shwebel Shar from Levine. Schlockrock with Hashem is One. Will that be part of Lenny Solomon and Schlockrock's repertoire for Sunday's kosher halftime show? That's a good question. I wouldn't reveal anything now, would I? Oh, we got to get Lenny on. Maybe we'll speak to Lenny tomorrow at some point and uh, get the final word before we get to uh, Sunday's big halftime show that's going to be shown on the Nahum Siegel Network. Diaspora had Achasho Alti. You heard Benny Friedman as a Jew off of the Yes Legacy opening up the 7 o'clock hour. David Cutler is with us live via telephone. He's actually in Yerushalayim. He's director of the NCSY summer programs. He's been with us many times before, and he's also, from what I'm told, as big a football fan, if not bigger than myself, and uh, appreciates the fact, no doubt, as do so many of his colleagues at the OU, that we are presenting a kosher halftime show this coming Sunday. David Cutler, welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Achamor. Good afternoon. How are you? Everything is great. Tell us about Jerusalem. How amazing is it? Oh, I got to tell you, I don't want to make anybody in New York jealous, but it's really awesome here right now. <laughs> I was at a bar mitzvah this morning at the hotel. It is beautiful. It's a beautiful sunny day. It's really awesome here right now. I can only imagine. Uh, are there things going on surrounding the NCSY summer programs? Have you, uh, I don't know, spoken to some folks or arranged some uh, some trips or different things that the kids are going to be doing this upcoming summer? Yes, sir. That's actually why I'm here this week. I'm here for the past week or so. Uh, we're actually scouting out locations for our Yom NCSY program, which is towards the end of the summer. 
uh, which 1,500 of our kids and alumni and guests come together for our mega event, and we're, we actually have outgrown the location we've used for the last three years. So uh, meeting with my suppliers, vendors, and everyone, you know, all our trip providers, and, the, and trying to find a new location for, for that program. So Baruch Hashem, I get to spend time in, in Eric Israel this time. There's nothing slowing you guys down, right? Every program just continues to grow and grow, thank God. No, thank God. We're actually, we have 800 kids already signed up this summer. We plan on breaking 1,000. And uh, there are some programs that are sold out, but the Baruch Hashem, it's, uh, it's going to, you know, our motto is best summer ever, and it's true. Every summer we manage to have our best summer ever, Baruch Hashem. So and we're, we're doing well, thank God. And as we've discussed many times, it really goes across the board. Uh, I mean, I guess somewhere there are... Uh, uh, you know some kids who may not fit in in, uh, in the uh, you know the uh, spectrum of programs, but it seems like there's something for everybody under your umbrella. Every uh, every type of uh, youngster in the Jewish community can find something that they will gravitate to and enjoy. And of course, all of it or the majority of it has to do with going to the state of Israel. So it's just remarkable. Yeah, it's true. That's really it's really the very essence of what we're about. You have you different kids from all walks of life, different parts of the country. We have kids from Israel, Canada, the you know the states and. Whether you want to learn, whether you want to go on to you learn, whether you want to, you know, sports or whatever it is, uh, you know, we have two programs in America as well, Camp Sports and our Give USA program, we're at the Chesed and, you know, Israel Advocacy, whatever you like, we really have something for you. And, uh, you know, Baruch Hashem, our diversity, I think, is what makes this uh, special. Thank God. I bet you there's some parents who are learning about this for the first time this morning. Is there a web address you can give out that would be a good portal for everybody to find out everything they need to know about these programs? Absolutely. Summer.ncsy.org. S-C-U-M-M-E-R.ncsy.org. Everything is on our website. All the 12 different programs that we offer for Yeshiva kids, for, for public school kids, and, uh, really there's something for everyone. But like I said, you know, some of the programs are full already, but we're, you know, we're still in the recruitment season, believe it or not. All right, everybody. Uh, summer.ncsy.org. Believe me, it's worth the time to check it out. Amazing programs and, uh, we have been the, uh, incredible beneficiaries of it with so many other parents out there of what NCSY programs have done for our kids. All right, um, uh, I, I was thrilled. I was thrilled when I heard the reaction of so many people from the Orthodox Union, from the OU, regarding our kosher halftime show. Uh, the OU uh, immediately jumped to become a partner and just spread the word as we, uh, you know, are, are trying to emphasize that uh, uh, that everybody uh, out there, you know, uh, knows that there's a big Super Bowl halftime show. Not everybody uh, appreciates it. Or, or, uh, or enjoys it as much as uh, other people in this country. So we've offered an alternative, a, what we call a kosher halftime show. What was your impression, David Cutler, the first time you heard we were presenting it? Oh, I think it's a great idea. You know, like you said, uh, you know, the halftime show it doesn't necessarily appeal to, uh, to audiences all the time. It's, uh, some years it's, uh, let's say, better than others or maybe a little more risque than others. And the idea of having a kosher halftime show you know, it's fantastic. Sometimes, you know, in my house we have a huge party every year, and sometimes we have a modern minion during halftime. Um, but I, I would assume this year, God willing, we'll all, we'll all tune into the Nachum Segal Network. God willing. There you go. All right. That's the attitude, everybody. Hit your computers, NachumSegal.com. The second halftime starts. You can enjoy Lenny Solomon and Schlock Rock. By the way, Lenny's probably done what? Thousands of NCSY events till this point in his career? Uh, yeah, he, he goes back way. He goes a long ways back with us. He plays... Uh, most summers he entertains our give program, and he he certainly is, is a veteran of ours. He's great, so I certainly would would recommend that he was a perfect choice, and I think everyone will love what he has to present. Yeah, he really is the perfect choice. He's kosherized so many songs out there, and now he's kosherizing the Super Bowl halftime. So that is the uh, that is the update, folks. Make sure 
to do what so many people at the OU are recommending that you do, which is uh, watch our Super Bowl halftime show. And it's really an amazing thing that we were able to get the uh, uh, so many people at the Orthodox Union and really a lot of other places at this point because it's just uh, growing and growing this whole uh, concept of a kosher halftime show to join in. And we thank you for it. All right, David Cutler, I am told you're a big football fan. So uh, how do you look at Sunday's game? Any uh, Any bold predictions on your part? Well, I, mean, I am a very big football fan. I think it's a great game. I, I love the fact that it pits, you know, Denver was a great offensive team against Seattle, who really has a great defensive team. For me, I, I think it's a bummer that it's outside, personally. I'm one of the few people who perhaps would rather see it indoors, so the elements really won't play a factor. So I'd say it's a game without the elements. I would certainly pick Denver, I think. I think they're a little bit stronger. I think their offense is, you know, Peyton Manning is, is just uh, is that good, and I think uh, – I think you'd win. I'm just a little nervous with the outdoor, with the cold weather, and you know, throwing the ball is a little more difficult. But uh, you know, the, the, the whole game is, is an entire chavaya, as we say here in Israel, a big experience. It's uh, you know, the commercials, the game itself, the camaraderie. It's, it's a lot of fun. It is really uh, funny. Wait, wait till you see our Super Bowl commercial. We actually did it with an OU product. <laughs> so, really? yeah, I, I hope it's as funny as everyone told me it is. Uh, uh, David Cutler is uh, the big question. Here's the big question to wrap this up. Will there be students from Seattle and Denver on NCSY summer programs in Israel this coming summer? Absolutely. There you oh, go. The there Absolutely you go. The <laughs> Forget about representatives in the Super Bowl from Denver and Seattle. You know what we're concerned about? We're concerned that Jewish kids from Denver and Seattle are taking advantage of a great Israel experience this summer. That's what we're concerned yeah, 100%. about. 100%. 100%. I'd be challenged to find... Uh, a city where there actually weren't kids coming from. 100%. Definitely a whole bunch from Seattle and another from Denver as well. So. You know, the next time you're here, if you don't mind, the next time you wa- walk into our studio, if you could bring a geographic breakdown uh, so we can name some of the cities that are represented on your programs, it would be amazing. Because I don't, I don't think uh, people in our audience will believe how many cities around this country are represented. I mean, you, you have everything from the metropolitan areas to the obscure. Am I right? Everything, everything. I mean, you're talking uh, L.A., Chicago, Detroit, uh, Seattle, Canada, all parts of Canada, also Vancouver, Ottawa. Um, you know, a couple years ago, we, we had people from, uh, a kid from Hawaii, a couple kids from Paris. We have kids from Israel, and, and, and really all over the United States. Uh, you name it, they're, they're from there. So it's Unbelievable. Really, really incredible. People don't realize the scope of what you're doing. All right, uh, David Cutler, I thank you. Enjoy the uh, game. Enjoy the halftime show. Our best regards to the Orthodox Union, and thanks for joining us from Jerusalem this morning. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Uh, enjoy the game as well, and uh, we'll see how it turns out. And enjoy the kosher halftime show. <laughs> I'm sure the, uh, the OU did a great job uh, sponsoring that, and I'm sure it'll be great. Oh, the OU came through like crazy, and I thank them very, very much, and I thank you. David Cutler, he directs the NCSY summer programs. And I want to thank our friends again at the Orthodox Union. They um, they they heard about this and uh, full force, full-fledged ahead uh, with um, helping us spread the word about the kosher halftime show. Lenny and Schlockrock, they're getting ready for some uh, great events, um, or I should say for a great event this coming Sunday. By the way, uh, the Instagram photo that I posted yesterday, and you can find that if you search Nahum Siegel on Instagram, that was from in front of the uh, Seattle Seahawks Hotel. I think I confused people because um, because uh, I mentioned that Ken and Andy did their show from the Broncos Hotel yesterday. That was the one right here, practically across the street. Uh, but the photo, this the one with the big Super Bowl banner in front of it, 
as I was driving by. That came from the Seattle Seahawks headquarters here in Jersey City. Uh, if you want to see it, not that it's that big of a deal, but if you want to, if you want to see it, it's on Instagram to search the name Nahum Siegel. 25 minutes after 7 o'clock, it's JM in the AM. Here's Anochi Krohn Band. <laughs> done by the Nochi Krohn Band. I want to dedicate that to listener Ari, who is listening in while jogging around Kvutsat Yavne. <laughs> Unbelievable. Our old stomping grounds. 
Uh, thank you, listener Ari. Kfutsatyavna, unbelievable. Alan Weingrad, Super Bowl winner, one of two living Orthodox Jews who, uh, <laughs> why do I put it that way? Because Alan always says there's five living Jews who have won Super Bowls. And um, two of them are Orthodox. Alan Weingrad joins us next, coming up at JM in the AM. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Echonishmas are of Zebinibus of Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. It says in the Talmud, Adar, when the month of Adar arrives, Marben Bisimcha, we increase our joy. A question that immediately arises is that it should say, Adar, when the month of Adar arrives, Tzrichim Lismoyach, we should rejoice. The Talmud tells us, however, that She'en Shechina Shoira, the Shechina does not dwell amid sadness. This instructs us that a Jew has to be besimcha, happy, the entire year. In addition, during the month of Adar, we increase that simcha even more. The Oitzim Agoliah says we have to be happier during this month than all the rest of the months of the year. The Rambam discusses the meaning of simcha at the end of Hilchas Yom Tov. From the words of the Rambam, it's clear that a person should strive for the simcha, the happiness of doing a mitzvah, in the love of Hashem. The Rambam terms this an avodah a huge undertaking. The connection between Ava and simcha is that it brings together two separate entities. Therefore, when a Jew experiences true simcha, he is aware of a closeness to Hashem. When talking about simcha, our svarim tell us two terms, Ava and Nedivus. The Svasemis elucidates this point and says that the simcha of Chodesh Adar is inherent in the declaration that was made concerning Shkolim and the needs for the Korbanus of the Mikdash. The fact that there was a special inspiration regarding the Shkolim, specifically at this time, serves as the gateway to the simcha of the month. Like it says in the Megillah, and the month which had been turned about for them from sorrow to gladness. The Yalkut Avram cites that we are noeg, we are accustomed to hang a sign on the wall, when the month of Adar arrives, we increase our joy. In this connection, the Minchas cites the Talmud, when the month of Av comes in, we decrease our joy. So too, when the month of Adar arrives, we increase our joy. The Minchas Eloza tells us that in truth, it's always important to be besimcha, to be happy. So why does it say, we decrease our joy? The answer is that when Adar comes in, we increase the essence of holiness in the entire world, with Simcha. When Av comes in, we decrease the essence of impurity and unholiness, also by being happy. Here we are given the guidelines for what happiness is supposed to accomplish. It is not only an end in itself, but rather it's a conduit through which one is enabled to attain a higher level in this world. May all of Klal Yisrael be Zoycha, to have a joyous Adar, in a joyous year. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. J.M. in the A.M. on a Thursday. I, uh, it's Erev Rosh Chodesh, and I thank Rabbi Goldwasser for those words regarding 
Rosh Chodesh Adarishon, which begins tonight and will continue Friday and Shabbos. I asked uh, Aaron Schechter from Adorama. <laughs> I asked him what the big story is this week, because as many people know, Adorama has this unbelievable relationship with the NFL and uh, winners from the Adorama big contest that was going on over the last few weeks are going to the Super Bowl itself in East Rutherford on Sunday. Uh, so I asked him, what's the big story this week? I assumed it had something to do with the players. I assumed it had something to do with the game itself or what's happening Sunday itself, etc., etc., etc. And he tells me the big story is that there is a shortage on televisions that are over 85 inches in diagonal. <laughs> that is what's going on in the electronics industry. There's a shortage on TVs that are on the large side as people are getting ready for Sunday's game. Speaking of Sunday's game... Alan Shlomo Weingrad is with us live via telephone. Super Bowl winner in Super Bowl 27, I believe, if I have that correct. Uh, wow, that goes back a while, doesn't it? He is now, of course, among the five living Jewish Super Bowl winners. Two of them are Orthodox. We met Dr. John Frank earlier, uh, I think it was last week, on this show in regard to the Westside Institutional Synagogue event which is happening this coming Sunday, and good luck to all the participants with their Divrei Torah. And many years ago, we met Alan Shlomo Weingrad, who joins us live via telephone. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Nachum. Always a pleasure to be on the show. I oh. look forward to the Super Bowl now, since I get to get on your show every year, right before the Super Bowl. I want to tell you something. You have an amazing bio. I mean, your, the Wikipedia page about you is amazing. The bio about you is amazing. But of all the titles you have and all the different things you've done and all the scholarships and drafts and teams, and and you've played with two of the most iconic franchises in sports history, with all that, the greatest thing about you is one of the, you're the greatest mentor around. You're just such a wonderful guy, and I love having you on the air. Thank you very much, Malcolm. It's nice for you to say to me, I do not have any connections to get tickets to the game. <laughs> You know, in this case, this year, I wouldn't bother you because I really don't want to sit in 10-degree weather, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, I totally understand. You can't imagine how many people ask me if the NFL is is, is able to give retired NFL school players tickets to the game, and I always tell them they'd love to give out the tickets so long as it's an American Express card that they, they can charge it to. Exactly. I think Major League Baseball has a thing that if you ever played in Major League Baseball, even for a day, you get either a discounted ticket or a free ticket to any regular season game. I think they have that. But you don't enjoy that benefit, do you? <laughs> the only benefit I can enjoy, and I'll tell you, is for years I've gone back to Green Bay, and my son and I try to get back there every year. It's one phone call to the ticket manager. He sells me two tickets face value or how many tickets I need, and they're always great seats, and they are so, so nice to me. And the same thing with the Cowboys. I went back last year for the uh, – Cowboys Super Bowl 20 reunion. Again, they gave us two tickets for the reunion. Very nice, very, very appreciative we came in. And uh, so those two those two franchises, I get to go if I, if I want to, but i got I got to buy those tickets. Am I right? Or the Super Bowl you propelled Dallas to was 27, am I right? Yes, yeah, 27. 27. Listen, um, the Green Bay experience, and I know this is not really today's topic, but i, I got to do that with you one time because you've described it amazingly. You've actually davened with Tfillin with a minion in the Green Bay parking lot, right? And a five-star tailgate party to follow, yes. And, and it, 
Absolutely. And no matter what people might think about what folks in middle America would think of that scene, you found it to be an exhilarating experience with the greatest people coming over to you and, and sharing a Sunday morning with you. I've always had that, that kind of experience. Um, you know, yes, that was a, an unbelievable experience. You know, the Packers got us 10 tickets so we can take a minion from the Milwaukee Chabad community. We took a minion to the game. We dove in a full shot read in the parking lot with polka bands in the background and people partying and carrying on. You know, we did our thing. We had this amazing tailgate party. People had no idea what was going on when they saw us come off this bus and, and started rapping to someone. But I want to tell you, I don't think I mentioned this to you if we didn't speak, but last year, Super Bowl twenty, the Super Bowl um, 27 had their 20-year reunion right. back at Texas Stadium. Right. And I went back with my son, and I got to go on halftime with my, my yarmulke on. And that was a thrill for me and for my son to see that. But the most amazing part of it was was after the game when they took the Super Bowl 12 and 27, uh, my group of guys, down into you know to a huge room inside Texas Stadium, and, and there was a party thrown, and there was you know people from so many different corporations that were sponsoring the team, and and you know a lot of big wigs were there, and sponsorships, and all these people were there. After the game, the team came into a private room. Jason Garrett was walking in, the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. He didn't want to do, deal with anybody but Alan Vingrad. All he wanted to do was find me. He saw me. He knew I was there. He came up to me, and he said, Vingrad, we are so happy you can come come back here. You're a legend around Dallas. And I looked at him like, I'm a legend around Dallas. What did I do for Dallas? I played two years for the Cowboys. What did I do? He said, you must be learning such wisdom and the changes that you experience in your life. I am so jealous of that. That knocked me off my off my off my chair what i i you've stunned me with this one <laughs> yeah jason jason garrett saw me you know over the years and he, and he knew that i've become an orthodox jew he went to princeton he's a brilliant guy but when he came up to me and he said and he said that you know the wisdom that you're learning i i just like i'm like that must be so incredible it just, i'm jealous of what you're and we have a lot of people in this audience who are Dallas fans and follow Jason Garrett. They must also be as amazed as I am by that. Alan Shlomo Weingrad with his live via telephone always has amazing uh, tidbits for us. You know, I, I was thinking this is really your Super Bowl, and I'll tell you what I mean. Uh, you, you know the topic, the number one topic, at least in New York, I don't know about the rest of the country, the number one topic is the weather. It's all people are talking about regarding this game on Sunday is the weather. And you had told us that when you signed your big contract with Dallas after leaving the Green Bay Packers, if there was one regret you had, it was the weather. Because you would rather, if I remember this conversation correctly, you would rather play in 10 degrees than in 90 degrees with 90% humidity. Is that accurate? Absolutely, sure. You know, linemen and big guys, you know, we run very well in cold weather. You get us in hot weather, you know, you might run out of gas late in the third quarter early in the fourth quarter and that's you know that's certainly concerning and it was always concerning for all of us so Lyman Lyman love it the guys are going to love playing in the weather my my only concern was really was really around the fans in this game you know in New Jersey this time of the year that was my concern because I remember a couple of years ago when the Super Bowl was in Dallas and I believe the Green Bay Packers was in the Super Bowl um, they had some weather issues and there were some, some issues with the new stadium but my concern was, was getting everybody to the game um, in time for for a game, if if by chance there was some snow, that would really uh, 
to cause havoc to the fans. Yeah, I feel bad for the fans, right. and like I said, I have no desire to sit outside on Sunday. But uh, but I, but but you're making such an important point that nobody else is making, and that is that every one of those players, I think, even the quarterbacks, although maybe you could tell me if I'm wrong, uh, you know, have no trouble with 30 degree weather. Am I right? I don't think they're going to have any trouble. I was watching Phil Simms last night. You know, describe describe the, fo- the football today's football as opposed to the football you know so many years ago that they allowed quarterbacks today to really rough up the football, make the footballs stickier. A brand new football is kind of hard to throw, but an older football, a more worn football, is much easier to throw. And the technology and the gloves today for wide receivers and quarterbacks make it where they can grab almost anything that comes near them. So I think every player is going to really you know, enjoy you know, that kind of weather. I mean, they're not even thinking about the weather. I mean, you're kidding me. The biggest show on earth, they're going to play this game. Yeah. 30 degrees, 20 degrees, 10 degrees. You know, you're out there for, you know, three hours, and it's not going to affect any of the players. By the way, six kosher food stands in the uh, stadium Sunday. Wow. <laughs> really? <laughs> now you know it's in the New York area, huh? <laughs> sure, that's great. Alan Shlomo Weingrad with us live via telephone. What do you what do you think when Dr. John Frank of the San Francisco 49ers asked you to be part of the West Side Institutional Synagogue Torah Super Bowl, or I should say Super Torah Bowl? You know, John and I have been have been um, cordial and and friendly over the years via telephone. We've talked quite a bit. We talked about different ideas. We talked about you know playing football in the NFL, becoming you know orthodox. You know, he talked about life. We've had some real you know, real deep discussions, and then um, I guess it was a six, six, seven weeks ago. I was in New York. We finally had a chance to sit down and have, um, you know, have lunch together. And John was the one who brought the idea to me, and I was like, "Hey, John, man, you know, I'm, you know, we're we're, we're brothers. Whatever, you, whatever thing you got going on, that that could be a, a benefit and, and bring you know bring goodness to the Jewish people and, and bring you know Torah out there. I'm all for it. So you know, go for it. So it was a great idea that John John came up with, and I think it's, it should be." Um, I mean, what a contest, can you imagine? Yeah, I know. I'm, I, it's, I'm, and by the way, John Frank, uh, San Francisco 49ers, because <laughs> I always tell you and him that you you stress the uh, Torah, I stress the football. Uh, John Frank of the 49ers um, uh, sent me a sample Dvar Torah that somebody had written. Remember the concept, folks? Westside Institutional Synagogue this Sunday, they're judging Divrei Torah. The winner goes to the Super Bowl that afternoon, no joke. And it's amazing. I mean, the one he sent me was incredible, very creative in terms of this football-slash-Torah theme. And I'm sure that's something that you appreciate more than anybody. You've been doing that your whole career now, uh, getting out there and speaking about what we could learn regarding life from football and how important Torah is. Uh, I don't know if you've seen any of the samples yet, but you're in for some really great stuff someday. No, I haven't seen any yet. John, I think, has been on the road. And I've been on the road. I was in New York uh, four or five days last week, and, and I got home... Um days ago, and I'm going back tomorrow uh, to speak out through the Chabad in uh, New Jersey, actually, and then uh, Sunday to the West Side Institutional. Who's on the list? You always tell us. Who are, who are the other three living Jewish Super Bowl winners besides you and Dr. Frank? I, see, I thought there was there was seven. One one is uh, Lyle Alzey, who is Nifter, so I think the six that are remaining is, uh, is John and myself, so that's at least four remaining. So I think there's Grossman, I thought there was a Josh Miller. Um, Harris Barton. Harris Barton and Ed Newman. That's it. Those are the four. Right. So, But I think it's an amazing stat. To, to, to say there are six Jews today with Super Bowl rings, 
that, that were actually players and two have become Torah observant, I think it's a tremendous stat. It just it blows away you know any type of uh, uh, percentages that you can imagine. Hey, you know what the Kirov organizations would say, Shlomo? They'd say, get on Barton immediately. we got to get him into the fold. <laughs> like I can say right now, I know John Frank's close with him, and he's... Uh, He's, he has some discussions with him, and, and we're looking, the three of us are looking to get together soon. Oh, he, they were teammates, right? Obviously, they were both Niners, right? Not only were they teammates, but they played right next to each other on the line. Can you imagine wow. a, a right tackle and a, and a tight end being on the line and, and calling out, you know, calling out, uh, uh, you know, certain line calls in Hebrew or in Yiddish? <laughs> yeah, forget about Peyton Manning's Omaha. If you start hearing Cholent and Kishka on the field, then it's going to be a little bit different. You know what I mean? <laughs> that would be amazing, right? <laughs> well, enjoy Sunday at the West Institutional Synagogue. Enjoy the game and uh, continue your amazing work. How do people get in touch with Alan Shlomo Vinegrid so that you can come and inspire their crowd and their synagogue, their group, etc.? Yeah, alanvinegrid.com, my website. You can uh, always uh, email me to my website. Friday night I'll be at the Chabad of Hoboken, a big Shabbaton we're having there with Rabbi Shapiro. That's right here. Right there, that's right, right there. Home of Eli Manning, from what I understand, and, and the rabbi uh, has been in touch with Eli Manning. They've done some things together, and he's trying to get him to come Friday night uh, for some uh, for some kafilta fish. <laughs> then uh, I'll be on Sunday morning, 11.30 a.m. brunch for the Chabad of Hunterton, which is in Clinton, New Jersey, which is my second trip through there. And uh, we're having a big brunch and a football autograph signing session and autograph uh, auction of some footballs for Rabbi Ellie Kornfeld on um, on Sunday. Very Heading nice. over to the Westside Institutional and, and uh, maybe to the Amsterdam Burger Company. You ever been over there? Oh, I hear I hear it's great. I took my kids there Saturday night. I got to tell you, man, I never spent so much money on uh, on hamburgers, but they were phenomenal. <laughs> I'll tell you. And he does eat healthy usually, folks. That I know, right? You yelled at me about eating healthy at Kiddish's. <laughs> I, I try. I try to for sure. That's, that's right. We got to. We got to eat healthy. We got to. We got to be healthy. Alan Shlomo Weingrad, you're a tremendous inspiration. And the hey, despite what Jason Garrett said, the Cowboys are the Cowboys, but there's nothing like the Packers, right? <laughs> That's right. we got to make that trip happen, Nachum. I'd love to go up there with you. I would love it. Thank you so much. Enjoy the game on Sunday. Thank you, too. There he is, Alan Shlomo Weingrad. He's remarkable. Played for the Cowboys, played for the Packers, has a ring from Super Bowl twenty-seven, and is one of two Orthodox Jews who played in the NFL and have Super Bowl rings. I want to thank Dr. John Frank, who joined us last week. Couldn't join us today. I wanted to get him in on this conversation. He, I did have a conversation with him though um, uh, earlier in the week on the uh, on the phone off the air, and uh, he was telling me about what a player goes through in order to play in the game. If they think you're injured and they're trying to encourage you to take the Super Bowl off, so to speak, what a, and he knows this from firsthand experience. What a player goes through to make sure they're in the Super Bowl. Really is remarkable. Uh, Jam the Am at twelve minutes before eight o'clock. Uh, we continue with the. Uh, we continue with somebody who's starring in a pre-Super Bowl concert. Thank goodness the young Israel of Manhattan had the forethought that for people coming in for the Super Bowl to the New York area who need great Jewish entertainment, Benny Friedman and Simcha Liner are in concert this coming Saturday night at Seward Park High School for the young Israel of Manhattan in the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Here is Benny Friedman at Jam and the Am.
אתם קדושים, אם אתם אתם, אם אתם אתם קדושים, אם אתם אתם, אם אתם אתם קדושים, אם אתם אתם, אם אתם אתם, אם אתם אתם, אם אתם
J.M. in the A.M. Dr. Laz was supposed to join us. He has a great Super Bowl uh, story with um, Marv Levy and a pair of fill-in. I just uh, I don't know. We can't get a hold of him. Thought we'd speak to him this morning. And uh, if we do get him, the legendary Dr. Laz, then we'll, uh, who many of you know from Kent, Missouri, and about a million other places, uh, then we'll get him on hopefully in the uh, next half hour. So reminder, Yona Lloyd's going to join us at the bottom of the hour. He's Chief Corporate Development and Communications Officer for SodaStream. Big news, not just this whole Super Bowl commercial um, uh, flap, but uh, big news regarding Scarlett Johansson and um, her reaction to the BDS movement and its demands. We'll talk about that at the bottom of the hour. Yona Lloyd will join us uh, from SodaStream a company based in Malay Adumim, Israel. At least their factories in Malay Adumim, Israel. Baruch Levine had Tov Lachasos. Benny Friedman had Malani. Benny Friedman and Simcha Liner in concert this Saturday night, Young Israel of Manhattan. If you have guests in from Seattle and Denver, take them to the concert. And uh, I guarantee you they'll enjoy it. If you haven't voted for next week's edition of the Top 9 at 9, go to the uh, 9 at 9 link at the very top at NahumSiegel.com. Check that out. Same site where the Kosher Halftime Show starring Lenny Solomon and Schlockrock is going to be taking place. We had a great time yesterday at Cedar Market. We, uh, <laughs> we, we it, it's unbelievable how long these video shoots take, but we, we really did have a great time in Teaneck, New Jersey, and I thank Jesse Hollander and his staff. They were really cooperative. And we did a um, we did a quote unquote Super Bowl commercial for the middle of our halftime show with the brand new uh, Empire Kosher Buffalo Wings. It's it's funny. The outtakes are really funny. I hope the commercial is as funny <laughs> as the outtakes. So if you're checking out the halftime show Sunday or any time after that, uh, you'll be able to see that. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I uh, also want to thank Nefesh Benefesh. They are uh, also uh, spreading the word regarding our amazing halftime show this coming Sunday on the uh, on the site, and I thank them for that. Charlie Harari is coming up at 9 o'clock this morning. Charlie Harari, who I hope to speak to, by the way, uh, later on this morning in the 8 o'clock hour before he hits the airwaves. He'll be on between 9 and 10 uh, this morning at jmtheaim.org on our live stream. And today, Charlie on the Book of Life uh, interviews Elon Evanish, a former IDF commando and U.S. Marine. He's an expert on Krav Maga, a form of martial arts that's sweeping the nation. Uh, they'll discuss his amazing personal journey as well as tips he learned for how to become stronger mentally and physically. That's Charlie Harari at 9. At 10 o'clock, Miriam L. Wallach speaks to Coach Jonathan Halpert of the Yeshiva University Maccabees. He has written a book entitled, Are You Still Coaching? You may recall he was here at JM and the AM. We had an amazing time that morning. They'll talk about uh, fun anecdotes, insights into the brand-new book, uh, Coach Jonathan Halpert at 10 o'clock live this morning in our New York studio. Make sure to be tuned in at jmandtheam.org. Uh, I'll be on between 11 and 1 on the live lunch. I, w- I may not be joined by our friends at Adorama, as I mentioned earlier, Aaron Schechter told us about the craziness that's going on before the Super Bowl and the television shortages that are being uh, <laughs> that are being spoken about all around. It's unbelievable what's going on, the way people prepare for this day, I'll tell you. 
Um, so I don't know if we'll have uh, him on uh, today, but uh, we'll certainly update you through the show. Uh, one o'clock will be our uh, our stunt show with Gorf, and then on the Throwback Thursday edition of JM and the AM, two o'clock today. Uh, it'll be a show where Gorf was in with Voices for Israel, right? I believe that's what it is, uh, from many, many years ago. So a lot of great stuff on our stream coming up all day long. Make sure to keep it at jmtheam.org. My name is Nachum Siegel, and this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, and around the world on the web, jmtheam.org.
You know, when we had our first meeting about the kosher halftime show starring Lenny Solomon and Schlockrock, I was completely against We've Got a Strong Desire being in the song set. And now, I don't know. I'm thinking about it. Unbelievable. That song is, it is unbelievable. So much stuff that Lenny has done. So incredible. The lyrics, unbelievable. Uh, we've got a strong desire, Schlock Rocket, JM and the AM. Uh, don't forget our uh, kosher halftime show at NahumSiegel.com uh, during halftime this coming Sunday. Omek Hadavar with Ashrei New. You heard Shlomo Gertner with uh, Ashrei. Leva Nefesh and Adon Olam Mizuman had Yiru here at the JM and the AM Thursday morning. By the way, yesterday, speaking of the kosher halftime show, we were at Cedar Market uh, doing a whole bunch of stuff in preparation for uh, Sunday. And... Um, I was told by a very reliable source that Aiden Cohen of Englewood, New Jersey, has a very big weekend coming up this weekend. Aiden Cohen of uh, Englewood, New Jersey's Bar Mitzvah is being celebrated this coming weekend. And I want to wish him a very special Mazel Tov. He has a really nice mom who came over to us yesterday. And uh, we wish him the very best. That's right, a Super Bowl bar mitzvah. How do you like that? They're actually having that. They're actually having a, a big Super Bowl celebration, bar mitzvah celebration, all in one. And uh, inviting all the young men to uh, have a good time together. So Aiden Cohen, Mazal Tov to you from all of us here at JM and the AM. 25 minutes after 8 o'clock, uh, Soda Streams, Yona Lloyd's going to join us. Lots of big news. Even this morning there was uh, there was uh, news of... Um, their spokesperson, spokesperson Scarlett Johansson, and a, a recent announcement that she made overnight. We'll talk about that coming up here at JM and the AM. Charlie Harari at nine o'clock with an amazing guest on jmandtheam.org. Make sure to be listening in live to Charlie Harari coming up at nine o'clock. He has a uh, really a remarkable guest, um, IDF. Former commando and U.S. Marine Elon Evanish, an expert on Krav Maga, former martial arts that's sweeping the nation. He'll be discussing his amazing personal journey and tips he learned for how to become stronger mentally and physically. Coming up on uh, That's Life, Jonathan Halpert, the coach of the Yeshiva College Maccabees, author of the brand new book, Are You Still Coaching?, joins Miriam Wallach for the hour. That should be a lot of fun. We had a great time with the coach when he was here. Uh, I'll do the live lunch until 1 o'clock. Um, at 1 p.m., Gorf is the uh, host of this week's stunt show. And throwback Thursday at 2 o'clock is, oh, I said it was uh, Gorf. It's actually Blue Fringe. Uh, throwback Thursday. Oh, that was last week. I apologize. We did the Blue Fringe one last week. I believe Throwback Thursday, if I'm not mistaken, is Gorf with Voices for Israel. I know I saw it somewhere. I just can't uh, find it this minute. Throwback Thursday at 2 o'clock Eastern Time every single Thursday is an amazing opportunity to hear some classic JM and the AM from years ago. And I want to thank Mark Zombic who puts that together. With the help of uh, Executive Assistant Avrami every single week. 
I'm going back to the eighth day album entitled Chasing Prophecy at JM in the AM. Call the call, I keep it. 
J.M. and the A.M., the Willig family off of the CD entitled Lay Vavos with Rochev Shamayim here at J.M. and the A.M. Eighth day before that with Smile. Thursday morning on this era of Rosh Chodesh, Adar 1. Rosh Chodesh begins tonight. It'll be a Friday and Shabbos Rosh Chodesh. Well, as we've been mentioning, SodaStream, uh, whose factory is uh, based in Malaya Dumim, Israel, has been making a, a lot of news recently. Uh, most recently... Something that we just learned uh, overnight is that their their, um, global ambassador, SodaStream's global ambassador, has stepped down from her position as global ambassador for the charity Oxfam in favor of representing Israeli company SodaStream, which has a major production plant in Malay Adumim, as part of the BDS movement against Israel's settlement policy, pro-Palestinian groups at called on Oxfam to sever its ties with the actress. She stepped down after the charity expressed its disapproval of the actress's new role as spokesperson for SodaStream. And uh, that is the latest news in this whole SodaStream Super Bowl story that seems to just keep going and going. Yona Lloyd, our old friend, who I guess most recently was on JM in the AM for the Kesher LP debut about 30 years ago, uh, is with us live via telephone. Yona Lloyd is Chief Corporate Development and the Communications Officer for SodaStream based in Israel. What a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Thanks, Nachum. It's great to be back. <laughs> it's been a long time, that's for sure. Uh, there's so many questions we all have. I mean, one of them is, of course, uh, uh, this uh, hullabaloo regarding your spokesperson, um, Scarlett Johansson. Uh, uh, were you were you kept um, in the loop on all of this that's been going on over the last couple of days in terms of the pressure she was under and that she essentially had to make a decision between what I guess she felt was a worthwhile charity and the SodaStream Corporation? Yes, of course. I mean, we have a very close relationship with Scarlett, uh, with her publicist, with her entire team. We've been working together for quite a while now because uh, since we've uh, agreed, or she's agreed to be our representative, uh, we shot the Super Bowl commercial together and we've had some press events, etc. Um, so as this story started to gain strength, of course, uh, we're working together to make sure that everyone's comfortable with the information that's coming out. Uh, I mean, I don't even know if you could reveal this, but I mean, how close was she to make the other decision? Did she feel enough pressure where you were afraid she might actually leave your company? You know, she is an incredibly strong woman. By the way, she she knew, she kind of knew this was coming. When we first met, you know, we made her aware, of course, that there has been voices, uh, boycott voices against SodaStream due to one of our, uh, we actually have 25 production facilities, but one of them seems to be getting all the attention. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so she was aware of it. Um, and I can't speak on her behalf as to, you know, what her personal thoughts were in terms of making the decision, but we're uh, certainly supporting uh, her decision and are very proud to be associated uh, with somebody that has clearly has a, a moral compass uh, that's driving her. Well, anybody who reads her statements, and I recommend that everybody in our community should read them, uh, about Israel and about her support for Israel, uh, just remarkable. I wish everybody uh, uh, spoke the way she does about Israel. And by, by the way, has she ever visited Israel? Has she ever been there? You know, it's interesting. Uh, she was telling me that her brother uh, went on the birthright program recently. Huh. 
Uh, and he came back uh, extolling the virtues of Israel and just talking about how he felt being there and, and what an amazing experience it was. And she said she's never been. So, of course, we are going to bring her. We will host her here a little bit later in the year um, for her first trip. And uh, I think, or I imagine that the noise around all the story will, will, will probably heat up at that point in time also. And uh, Nakama, I promise to let you know when that happens. Yeah, I appreciate that, although it's probably going to be everywhere, like you just indicated. Yona Lloyd is with us. He's a Chief Corporate Development and Communications Officer with SodaStream. We'll talk about the product in a minute. In fact, I was told you have a major announcement for the kosher community this morning, so we'll get to all of that and, of course, uh, the Super Bowl as well. It seems like... Um, People are curious what's going on in Malay Adumim. If we went there to the factory, what would we see? Who are your employees? How many are there? What type of operation is it there? Yeah, you know, I've been hosting uh, media visit after media visit at the factory in, uh, over the last few days. Um, it's actually in Mishor Adumim. It's an industrial zone a few minutes away from Malay Adumim, and, and it's about 8 to 10 miles away from uh, Jerusalem. You'll find about 13 to 1400 employees who are uh, representative of all stripes, all races and religions. Um, perhaps around 500 are Muslims from the villages nearby, from the PA, and you've got about 450 Israeli Arabs, uh, as well as about 350 Israeli Jews, and again, native Israelis, Ethiopians, Darfurian refugees. Uh, Americans, Russians, um, and what what strikes people when they come to the factory, Nachum, really, is when you, you walk into a room of pretty close quarters, you know, there's 15, 20, 30 people sitting together working on, on a valve or working on a cylinder or whatever they're working on, and you step back and realize you're looking at six, seven different races all hanging out. They, they're literally within feet or inches of each other, depending on what they do. When they're hungry, they walk across the road to our cafeteria, and they all sit and eat together. And, you know, you come to the SodaStream factory, you wouldn't know there was a tension going on in the region around it. Uh, you would think um, this is just a very normal uh, business where lots of folks from lots of different places are all getting along very nicely. And that seems to be the story, frankly, that is a bit of a thorn in the in some of the media because... Some of the media really doesn't, they don't want to hear the good stuff. They only want to hear the bad stuff. Yeah, boy, the BDSers don't want to hear the description you just gave. I can tell you that much. Um, boy. No, you know, we've invited them. Not only have we invited them, we've even invited um, Oxfam to come. Uh, and so far they, they just haven't. Um, you know, we, we tell, we've, I've had media from every, every side of the media, left, right, center, over the last few days, and we give them free access. Walk around with your cameras, talk to the employees. We're not going to follow you. You can really just do whatever you want and say whatever you want. Um, and, uh, you know, that's been the attitude the whole time. But at the end of the day, it's the media channels that decide what it is they do or do not want to show. Why does America's biggest sporting event always have trouble with SodaStream? <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe because SodaStream's main competitors are Coca-Cola and Pepsi. <laughs> uh, and America's biggest sporting event kind of needs to balance their interests also. But no, I, I think at the end of the day, um, we did have our advertisement run last year. It wasn't the one we wanted, but it was great. Um, and this year we're having our advertisement run again. 
uh, it is the one that we want, which is missing four words that Scarlett uh, spoke on camera, which right. was, sorry, Coke and Pepsi. Right. Um, but Fox was a little nervous, so they decided to censor that out. Uh, we think it's unfair, but we're still happy that the ad is running, and uh, 100 million or so people are going to get a chance to enjoy it. All right, and many have enjoyed it already because uh, it's on the web, and I, I assume you know at this point it's gone viral. Yeah, I, I've been on the road, but I understand it's somewhere around three or four million uh, views already on YouTube, and it's only been out for about a day, day and a half. Unbelievable. Um, the um, the number of people who use SodaStream on this globe, would you be able to share that statistic with us? Sure. You know, we think it's around 20 million people today uh, that are using the product. It could be more because we're basing that on about 7 to 8 million soda makers that are being used, and each one is in a home. So imagine three or perhaps more people in a home. Uh, it's in 45 countries. Um, frankly, the, the majority of our business is in Europe, where the company has been active for 5, 10, 15 years, depending on the country. It's rather new in the United States. Um, but the U.S. is growing fast, and today's probably represents close to a third of our overall business. And um, how many do you produce in a year or in a month or whatever statistic you could share with us? Sure. Um, well, we can make up to five or 600000 a month, uh, which we have to do sometimes in advance of the heavy selling season, right, like the holiday season. Um, but uh, generally we've been uh, – so, you know, that's certainly the potential uh, and now we're building, we're actually building another factory in Israel, by the way, in the Negev, in the desert, um, which will be able to give us more than twice as much capacity that we're doing now. So that's going to be, for reference, about, about a million square feet. I think it's the largest, it's the largest commercial uh, building going up today in the country of Israel. Why is your company such a success? What is it about this product that enthralls tens of millions of people? You know, maybe ask Matis. I think he uses it. <laughs> he certainly I mean, does. <laughs> I use it as well, by the way. But you know what I haven't gotten into? I use it for seltzer and, and, and very often, but I've never gotten into tossing in flavors. And Matis says that's something i got to start doing. We have over, in America, we have about 70 or 80 different flavors. Worldwide, about 180. Um, you're talking about pretty much any flavor you can imagine as well as, by the way, lots of brands um, that have uh, joined our family because it's an opportunity for them to get into what's really this cool new wave of the future. Uh, but to your question, really, Nachum, why is it a success? Because in today's day and age, people love being in control and having, you know, the empowerment that they have when they're whenever when they're doing anything. You know, we all have a smartphone now, or a lot of us have a smartphone because it allows us to control our information and contacts and, and et cetera. Um, and it's happening in the food business, too. And, you know, with SodaStream, you just make whatever you want, whenever you want it, and you make it exactly how you like it. Uh, some people like with more bubbles or less bubbles, so that's up to you. Right. Um, that seems to be a pretty compelling uh, benefit that people latch on to. Uh, and I want to thank Matis. He actually uh, set up this conversation. Yona Lloyd is with us live via telephone, and uh, one of the things he told me in advance of this conversation is that, is that you'd have major news this morning for the kosher consumer. What does SodaStream want to tell people who are in the kosher world? Yeah, you know, all of SodaStream's flavors are OU kosher. Um, and what's interesting is some of the partnerships that we've forged uh, are with 
products that are not historically kosher. Um, as of today, we uh, announced a relationship with uh, a brand in the United States that's been around for over 140 years. It's Welch's. Wow. And when people think of Welch's, they immediately, I'm sure, you're thinking of grapes. Right. They are synonymous with grapes. Um, yet the Welch's products, by and large, do not bear a kosher symbol. Right. Uh, but the SodaStream Welch's products, and it's going to be all of the popular ones, Concord Grape and White Grape and White Grape Peach and Berries and Cherries, all the Welch's line, will be OU certified kosher when they're part of the SodaStream system. Very cool. So that's the big... When will we find that on these shelves, or when will it be made available for people to buy? Oh, it'll be out this summer. It'll be out this summer. By the way, also coming out soon is another line of uh, products that are traditionally not kosher, it's by V8. V8 has a, uh, a delicious line called V8 Splash, um, which, you know, I'm a kosher drinker and eater, and I can't drink their product, but coming out in a few months will be the SodaStream version, and that, of course, will be kosher. And that'll have the OU with it. It will have the OU. There are rumors out there. You know, one of the, one of the most amazing things about your unit, your, what, what do we call the mechanism that, that makes all this soda and seltzer? What do we call that? Uh, the soda maker. Okay, so one of the most amazing things about the soda maker is that it can be used on Shabbos. There's a rumor out there that the 2014 edition of the soda maker will not be able to be used on Shabbos. Is that a, a false rumor? I'm glad you asked because I'm here to uh, correct the rumor. Um, indeed, we have a new edition coming out in 2014 that Dafka is going to be Shabbos friendly. Um, it's based on a machine that we, a soda maker that we put out last year. That one is called the Source. And that one has a, uh, a system with LED lights that allows you to see how heavy the carbonation is. You, you, the lights light up as the carbonation takes place. Right. I actually have that machine at home. I simply removed the battery. So it's usable on Shabbat. Uh, however, we're introducing something called the SodaStream Play. It looks like the source. It's going to be a, uh, a lower cost, um, and it does not have the LED lights. So it has all of the features of the source, um, but it'll be Shabbos friendly. All right, very good. So it's an easy, even if you have the first one, it's an easy way to rectify it. Absolutely. Well, yeah, that's and that one is just new from a year ago. All, all right. of the previous SodaStream models, and there are a number of them, because we have pricing ranges, you know, across the spectrum are all uh, usable on Shabbos. Yeah, very good. There you go. Well, just in case you want to do some market research, I refill my, uh, you know, those uh, big canisters of gas uh, right here at the Staples in Jersey City. So if you, uh, if, if, you want, <laughs> if, you, if you want to check up if they're available in this area, it's very convenient for us here in this building. <laughs> That's great to hear. Thanks, Yo- Malcolm. Fantastic. Yona Lloyd is chief... Corporate Development and Communications Officer with SodaStream. They have a big Sunday coming up with Scarlett Johansson and this whole hullabaloo regarding the Super Bowl commercial. And, of course, as you heard, they are employing a whole bunch of incredible people from across the spectrum of Israeli society uh, in Malay Dumim and in so many other places uh, where they have uh, production facilities in Aretz. Uh, have you made a final decision about whether you're going to be joining the Seattle Seahawks and the Denver Broncos at the game on Sunday? Um, you know what? Last year I went uh, in New Orleans, and, uh, and the best part was I, I was walking around, and it turns out that there was a kosher hot dog stand at the game. That was fantastic. <laughs> so uh, I had a great time. This year I imagine that will not be an issue. I was just shocked because it was New Orleans. Right. 
this year in New Jersey, I imagine it won't be an issue. No, unfortunately, I can't make it this year. Uh, there was a personal commitment I had to attend to. And, and even more unfortunately is that I can't join my, my old colleague, Lenny, uh, <laughs> as he's leading your halftime show. I, he called me yesterday, Yona, come on, Yona, let's do it. But uh, I, unfortunately, I can't, uh, I can't be there, but I'll try to listen. Does this mean that when we, uh, when we go through the rotation and the second time around, Lenny Solomon and Schlockrock do the Super Bowl halftime show, Yona Lloyd may just rejoin the group for a day? Uh, that certainly is feasible, Malcolm. Uh, we hope so. There you go. I already have a great sponsor in mind for that day. Yona Lloyd, a big, big, <laughs> a big yeshikach to you. Continue your amazing work, and thank you so much for joining us this morning. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Take care. Yona Lloyd with Soda Stream. I want to thank Matis. He uh, set up the interview and uh, gave me a whole bunch of information about what Soda Stream is going through now with the NFL and Fox and Scarlett Johansson and all that. Very interesting watching the uh, uh, the media react to uh, these statements by Scarlett Johansson and all the activities of SodaStream. JM and the AM on this Erev Rosh Chodesh. Charlie Harari next at JM and the AM. Tell Matis that I'll join him on JM Sunday with my official Super Bowl prediction. I mean, after all, how can anybody go into the game without the information that I'll be providing? All the only inside information about Seattle and Denver that'll help everybody decide who's going to win on Sunday. <laughs> JM in the AM, Charlie Harari has an amazing Book of Life show coming up at 9 o'clock this morning, just eight minutes from now on our stream at jmtheam.org. It's also pre-Super Bowl, and I'm sure Charlie has some inspirational words about what we could learn from this ultimate football experience. I have a feeling he does. Charlie Harari, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum. It is so great to be here. You know, here's the big lesson. You ready for this? Yep. The big lesson is that the number one topic over the last two weeks has been the weather. Imagine, imagine that the number one topic in regard to a football game is something that's beyond any of our control. There's got to be a lesson. There's got to be a lesson in there, Charlie Harari. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think it's, it's hysterical how much goes into a Super Bowl, and to think that as great as we are, and as big as we plan, and as how much money we have, at the end of the day, it's it's, it's God who runs the world. And if it's not going to be good weather, like the whole thing is going to go. No um, it's humbling, but it's also empowering that you know at the end of the day we do what we do, but it's not always in our hands. 
Uh, and I guess you would say that in the context of, uh, you know, one's personal life, it's basically an issue of do the best you can, go with the adjustments, right? If it starts snowing in one's life, if, it, if your life, God forbid, produces a blizzard, especially, God forbid, a blizzard of, you know, bad things, then you got, you got to roll with the punches, right? You got to make the proper adjustments. Yeah, and I think that, you know, it, it's even deeper in that. It's really how we define success. And that if we're looking at success in life, whether it's in our personal lives or in our careers or in planning a Super Bowl, as whether or not the game goes the way we want it to go, then we really are always like hoping and praying that God does what we want. But when we realize that really the way it really works is that he's going to do what he thinks is right, yeah. and our job is really to adapt around that, that's really a total shift. And you know, what's the success of Super Bowl? The one that... Is what we've always had, or is it one that could adapt on the fly to whatever weather it brings? Oh, no question about that. And Char- that I mean, that's what football's all about. I mean, the greatest teams in the world are the ones that are so well-trained that they're able to adapt to whatever is going on on the field and leverage that. Ooh, it, sa- the best Ooh it's, it sounds like you're leaning toward one of the teams, the way you just said that. It sounds like you have a favorite, Charlie Harari, with his live via telephone. By the way, folks, stop yelling at me about what Charlie did a couple of weeks ago. Apparently apparently you went ahead and told everybody that stress is good, and now everybody's stressed out at me that you went ahead and told my audience that. <laughs> I mean, give me Are a break. On the show, we, we spoke about how stress is a good thing. It was, we, we took an hour, and like we really went through it. So I know. And I am pro-stress. But let me tell you something. Anybody who was following the tweets that morning only got more and more stressful, let me tell you. <laughs> I mean, it was craziness. But uh, and if you haven't complained, folks, about what Charlie Harari's doing, you go directly to him. He'll he'll defend that stress is good. Believe you me, it's not a topic I would go ahead and defend. All right, number one, we'll get your football prediction in a minute. I'm sure it's something spiritual. But beyond that, uh, coming up in five minutes, you have a very special guest. Tell everybody why they should be tuned into our stream at jmandam.org five minutes from now. Well, we're in the zone of Super Bowl. We're in the zone of physical strength. And I figure what would be better than talking about this new sensation that's sort of sweeping through our community called Krav Maga. Right. It's this self-defense martial arts. We're living in a time where things like the knockout game and all these things are, are out there. And the question is sort of what we can do to be stronger, to defend ourselves, both physically and also mentally. Right. And how do, you, how do you become stronger as a person? So I brought a guy on. He's an amazing individual. His name is Elon Evan Esch. He was a former Israel uh, IDF commando, a former Marine. He went to both armies, um, and now basically is a Krav Maga expert. And we're going to talk about his journey. We're going to talk about what each and every one of us can do to be mentally stronger and to be physically stronger in our lives. Charlie, does he look like a tough guy, or I could take oh my him? God. What do you think? Totally. <laughs> I would not mess with him. You would, <laughs> and you're an athlete, but you're not. You're not going. You're not going toe to toe with that dude, huh? Yeah, he walked in the studio. I'm like, okay, let's just let's just uh, whatever you say is right, whatever it is. And by the way, is there a correlation between physical toughness and mental toughness? Do the two go hand in hand? I think so. I think it's all about one's stance in life. If you're focused on a certain way of being, it's going to apply in everything you do. Right. It's going to pull, the, one of the greatest advice that I got from somebody, my Rebbe Longo, was. He said to me, he goes, how you eat will, 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 will determine your, your ruchnius, how you talk, talk, talk to Hashem. Wow. I'm like, how is that possible? He's like, when you're strict, when you're on, when you're regulated in everything, Discipline. It'll, it'll help in every area of your life. Right, when you're that's, disciplined, right. right. Yeah, and there's no one area. That's the beauty of Judaism. It's, there's no one area that's like not in the, in the realm of 
rookness of God of being better. It's not like there's some areas that we work on and some that we don't. Right. Every, it's, it's a holistic approach towards life. All right. We know one of the mo most important things that we've learned about the Super Bowl this Sunday is that there will be a kosher halftime show on NahumSiegel.com. I'm sure that makes you happy because sometimes those halftime shows are somewhat uncomfortable for people who like family values. But what other lessons can we learn from Sunday's game as we approach Seattle versus Denver? Is there anything we should know in a spiritual sense regarding so Go ahead. So there's two things that, I, that I'm focusing on uh, on the Super Bowl. One is Derek Coleman. And I'm sure that you've been, everyone's been talking about this guy. It's quite a story, huh? Yeah. Derek, Derek Coleman is deaf. He is hearing impaired. And he was told as a kid, you're never going to play because coaches have to talk to you. People are quoting audibles at the line and you can't hear them. He was, he spent his life telling the world, even though I have what, a disability, I'm, it's not stopping me. And he rose basically level after level. And now, is, I think, the first ever player to be playing in the Super Bowl at this level with that he, with the hearing impairment. Unbelievable. And just seeing a guy like that, where he can get to, you know, it, it, I think it's inspiring to every one of us that we all have the thing that we think is holding us back. But when, we, when the coaches speak about Derek Coleman, they always say his work ethic and his approach and his humility is second to none. We have 20 seconds. What's the other thing? Preparation. What's amazing when you watch a football game is it's not a bunch of guys playing on a field. There's like a thousand coaches. And there's like 40 boots. And everyone's got a headset. Because if you want to be great, you got to prepare. you got to work. It's all about it. what it takes for one play. It's amazing. It is unbelievable. You don't get to the Super Bowl in life by just sort of, just sort of feeling your way around it. If there's something that you want, you've got to take the time to work at it and really push at it so that ultimately you can get to a stage like the NFL. Charlie, you're incredible. Have a great show this morning, and thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you, Nachman. There he is, Charlie Harari, Achein of Israel, and Achim Nachman, brothers and sisters in Israel. We are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial and around the world on the web. JMNAM.org. Charlie Harari next with that very special guest, uh, between 9 and 10 this morning at jmnam.org, and then uh, Miriam Wallach with Dr. Jonathan Halpert, author of Are You Still Coaching? Between 10 and 11, I'll speak to you during the live lunch. Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. Uh, tomorrow morning, plenty more, starting at 6 a.m. I hope you'll join us. Till then, Alchem Siegel reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.